Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the Gospel for this week, Jesus teaches us how sin can have a radical effect in our life and that it requires that we must make a radical act on our behalf in order to eradicate and get that sin out of our lives. Just a few years ago, there was a story of a young girl who was surfing in the waters off of California. Suddenly, she was attacked by a shark. The shark grabbed her on the arm and then dragged her underneath the water. For a split second, this young girl thought that if she didn't do something, this shark would eventually drown her. So it called for a radical act on her part. While underwater, in the grasp of the shark, she began to beat the shark in the face with her free arm and at the same time to begin to kick at the shark's eyes so as to hurt the shark in order for her to be released. However, the shark clamped down on her arm and severed it completely off. Yet, she was able and had the presence of mind to make it up to the surface of the water and found help and was rescued. Just a few years before this, there is another story of a young man who is hiking alone in the southwestern desert. While rappelling down, this man fell unexpectedly into a ravine and his arm was pinned against two large rocks. For two days and two nights, he struggled trying to free himself, but he couldn't. His arm was pinned heavily against these rocks. Convinced that unless he freed himself from these rocks, he would definitely die of dehydration, starvation, and exposure. It called for a radical act on his part. He reached into his backpack, found a pocket knife, opened up the knife, and he began cutting. He began cutting his arm off. Once he had finished, he applied a tourniquet around what was left of his arm to stop the bleeding. And then he began to walk out of the desert. He found a road and was eventually rescued and now lives to this day to tell the story. In both cases, these people were forced with radical situations that required a radical response in order for them to live. And I think that gets to the heart of the message that Jesus is teaching the apostles and us this weekend. Listen now what Jesus says. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. In the ancient world, a millstone was used to grind wheat into flour. Now, these weren't any old run-of-the-mill stones. These millstones, in some cases, were very large stones that could weigh hundreds of pounds. Now, picture that type of a stone tied to a person's neck and then both of them thrown into the sea. 
well, surely they would sink to the bottom. There would be little hope for them. And see, that's how radical sin is. It's not something that we can just talk about in passing, something that we can ignore or even joke about. Sin has a direct consequence on the mortality of our souls and therefore requires a radical response on our behalf so as to get it out of our life. Now, this talk may be a bit unsettling for some or it may make us feel uncomfortable. But if you study all four of the Gospels, from time to time, Jesus Christ uses hard language like this in order to stress an important lesson that he's trying to teach the apostles and now us. Furthermore, if you look at the writings of some of the spiritual giants of our church, like Bonaventure, Benedict, Augustine, Aquinas, Ambrose, you see that from time to time they too write about spiritual danger, spiritual warfare, and how it demands a radical response from us in order to combat these dangers. Therefore, we must look upon the gospel for this weekend with all seriousness. Notice what Jesus says. He continues on, If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into unquenchable fire. Hands are used to reach out and grab things. Where do we see people in the Bible reaching out and grasping something? Well, in Genesis, with Adam and Eve and the fall of grace. The devil tells Adam and Eve, the reason why God doesn't want you to eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is because he knows that if you do eat that fruit, you'll be a God. And God doesn't want that to happen. He's jealous of you. He wants to keep you down. Well, Adam and Eve believe this. And convinced of this, now they no longer see God as a friend, but instead they see God as a rival. What's their response? They go out, they reach out, and they grab for that forbidden fruit. And in that act of reaching out and grasping that fruit, original sin is ushered into this world. And yet, even this day, we continue to see that act of grabbing onto God, where people see God as a rival. Great example of this is the term moral relativism. Moral relativism is becoming incredibly prevalent in our society and now is permeating our church. In it, the individual says, I am the sole arbiter of what is morally right and wrong in this world rather than God. I determine what is right and wrong and I don't need God to help me. You may hear people, even in our own church, say, you know, I support the church. I believe in all the teachings except when it comes to the teaching on the sanctity of life or except when it comes to the teaching of the sanctity of marriage or in the fact that I have to go to Mass every Sunday. I don't believe in those things. I don't think it's right, and therefore, I'm not going to do that. Well, this person has judged what is morally right and wrong without recognizing God in the equation. This person sees God now as a rival. Well, what does Jesus say? If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Well, 
In this grasping, it requires a radical act on our part. We must radically change our attitude, recognize that God is the sole arbiter in what is morally right and wrong in this world, accept it, believe it, and then follow it. Next, Jesus says, If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. What do we use our feet for? Well, to walk. We should always be walking the spiritual path that leads to God. And yet, some people get off that path. They begin to walk other paths, paths that lead to money, materialism, fame, pleasure, power, honor, glory, the ego. Whatever path it is, it's the path that always leads away from God. What does Jesus say? If your feet cause you to sin, cut them off. Well, it demands a radical act on our part. We must abandon those paths that we are walking on and instead walk the road that always leads to God. Finally, Jesus says, If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna. Our spiritual life is all about fixating on the Lord. We should always keep our entire attention looking at our Lord and God. And yet, there are some, at times, that are taken in by the world. They are distracted, and now they are looking at the allure of the world. They are no longer looking at God and therefore aren't able to see the presence of God in their life or in the world. What does Jesus say? If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Well, this requires a radical act on our part. We must look away from all the things in the, this world that are distracting us. And instead, we must be fixated and focused on our Lord. Then we will truly see his presence in our life and in the world. As Jesus once taught his apostles, seek and ye shall find. I'll leave you with just one last thought. St. Therese of Lesseur, when she was meditating upon this gospel passage, she said, Sin is like smudges on the window pane of our soul. I'll say that again. Sin is like smudges on the window pane of our soul. Essentially what St. Therese meant by this was that if you look at a window pane, it may have a few smudges on it, and yet the light from the sun can still shine through. But after a while, if it's covered with smudges, there's very little light that can penetrate that window pane. Well, St. Therese says the same thing holds true with our soul. Sin creates smudges on our soul, and after a while, there'll be so many smudges on our soul that the light of Jesus Christ cannot penetrate that window pane of our soul, and therefore we dwell in darkness. What is required, St. Therese says, a radical act on our part. We must always make sure that that window pane of our soul is always kept clean so that the rays of Jesus Christ will always brightly shine through it. My friends, I strongly encourage you, take some time this week. You can't afford not to. Take this gospel to heart. Read it and then pray over it. 
Jesus teaches us that sin can have a radical effect on our life and therefore requires a radical act on our behalf to get rid of it so that the window pane of our soul is always kept clean and that the light of Jesus Christ will always shine brightly through it. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.